the check's been found. The check has been found. I have a number of, yeah, she has it in her hands. I have a number of ladies that are part of the, uh, part of, you know, Ben off to the side. But the, the rest upstairs help keep my life organized along with my wife at home. These guys keep my life organized. I had the check. All I had to do was deliver it, and I failed. I am so sorry to those of you who have helped me that way. So anyways, but the check has been delivered, and for that I'm thankful. The rest of you just at ease. Yes. <laughs> You at home, everything is okay. Earth is back on its orbit again. So, it's all good. So we're talking these days about making a fresh start. And last week we talked about, and I, I'm going to mean it this year. I think that's what the title was. The gist was, uh, bef- like, not, maybe not like other years, but this year we're going to make it. And if we're going to make it, what are some of the things that we're going to have to do in order for us to realize those resolutions to make our goals? And part of it was is that We can't just will this on our own, but we need God to come alongside us, to be part of us and in us, to be able to carry out these things. And that's the important factor, overarching everything. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the various elements that help make that to be a reality. And the first one, if you've been following along uh, uh, in uh, either you version, if you have that, is um, we're talking about life-changing prayer. And that is communicating with God. To know the kinds of questions that you can ask God, the types of questions that he'll answer. God doesn't promise to answer everyone's prayers. There are times in the scriptures where he does not not answer a prayer. In fact, the Bible says that God has laid out conditions for answered prayer. And this morning we're going to talk about five of them. And we're going to move through those fairly quickly for those of you who are wondering whether your food in the Instapot is going to burn. We wouldn't want that to happen. So five conditions for answered prayer. And when we go through this, you're going to note that if you haven't noticed this before, that there's, there's going to be a word that's underlined and it's bold. And the reason why that is, is that answers, that that's the space that you're going to find in version if you ever go there and, f- and see the notes there. Um, that's an app and we should define that more for you. So it, there's a link I know on, our, on the notes that come out to you. Do you, all get info, do you all get our email blast? Anybody not here get the email blast? Perfect. All of you, it's either that or you're afraid to raise your hand. So. But if you want to know what's going on at Arlington Woods, just email info at Arlington Woods and say, I would like to get the email blast. And we'll send you the email blast, and it'll tell you all the stuff that's going on. Well, some of it. Um, anyways. You don't want to know about the rest. Anyway, so um, the first one is uh, these conditions for answered prayer. The first one is that you must have an honest relationship with God. You have to have an honest relationship with God. John 15, verse 7, two different versions. The first one is, is from the New King James Version. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. I like what the message says, how it, how it, how it paraphrases that. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. The promise is, I will give you whatever you ask in prayer if you remain in me. In other words, if you have an honest relationship with me, God requires that we can listen to him, that we need to listen to him first before he'll listen to us. If I don't pay attention to what God says to me in his word, why should he pay attention to me when I come to him? 
We attain this through the word of God. That's how we understand what it is that God desires. That's why Bible study is important. People that just come on Sunday morning and allow the pastor to preach towards you without this interaction with his word are missing a vital part of being connected to God. If you want to know God's will, it comes through his word and you need to find a place to study it and to learn it. And some would say, well, it's too hard to study the Bible. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Your prayer life will never be more effective than how much you understand Scripture and to pray Scripture. The Psalms are these prayers, these beautiful prayers of the psalmist, King David and others that wrote these and poured out their heart. And the more that you understand the Bible, the more that you'll know how to pray effectively. Here are some of the questions to help you understand how honest, how you can be honest with God. There are three of them. The first question to test your honesty with God is this. It's already up there. Do I have unconfessed sin? First John, in 1 John 1, do I have or, or have I refused to admit things that I've done, done wrong in the past? It becomes a block. The Bible says that that, that that is called unconfessed sin. It may be an activity. It may be an attitude. It, it may be a habit that you have. And this thing becomes a block you haven't confessed it to God. God knows all about it. You've, you've tried to hide it. You've tried to go around it. You've tried to go over it. You, you've tried to go under it. But you've, it's the elephant that's in the room, and you've never really talked to God about that. And we go it on our own. We do it our own way. It breaks the connection between us and God. It's quite similar in some of our own relationships. It's the same sort of thing that happens when there's this unconfessed thing where you don't seek forgiveness, where you don't move forward, and you, you just continue to live on, and, and it, you may think that everything is normal, but it's not. First John says it well, uh, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. So be real about it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what we want. If we want this connection with God, then we need to have unconfessed sin resolved. And we do that by coming to the Father. Confession is being honest with God. It's saying, God, you're right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. God, you're right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Those three phrases are the same ones that we would use in our own relationships to help mend broken ways. God wants the same thing. God wants that same interaction with us. And while the elephant is in the room, then we can't have an honest conversation. Three questions to test your honesty with God. The first one is, is that, do you have unconfessed sin? Number two, am I currently ignoring any of God's principles? In other words, has God told you to do something and you're holding back. You're not doing that. You, you just, he continues to speak to you in the quietness. You hear him, and you are just holding back. And this breaks the prayer chain if we continue just to hold back when we should move forward. 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 to 23. Dear friends, if our hearts do not contem condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he's commanded us. 
Obedience is an attitude. And obedience is us moving forward. Obedience is doing what we need to do to make it right. But you know, God doesn't expect perfection. God just expects us to move forward in this act of obedience. It may take us several years to get it right. There are still things that I do in my marriage relationship that drives my wife just a little bit batty. Okay, quite a bit batty. Because I'm still learning to figure out dealing with my own stuff and how to best relate to her. God doesn't expect us, the moment we say yes to Jesus, to walk away from that and be the perfect little boys and girls, the Christians, that maybe we had thought that we should be. But it, it, sometimes it takes time. So the questions that we ask ourselves are, am I hiding something from God in my relationship? Unconfessed sin. Am I doing what I know he wants me to do at this? Am I doing what he's asked me to do? Are you ignoring that? The third thing of this testing or honesty with God is, is do I really want God's will for my life? You say, well, that's obvious. Yeah, I do. Or do you? 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. 1 John's a great book. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've, been, what we've asked of him. When we ask God according to his will, then we have confidence in prayer, and we know that God will answer. How do you know if you really want God's will? It's simple. How eager are you to read his word? Because the way that you can know the will of God is by reading his word. God's word tells you God's will. So you'll have a desire to read it, and you will want to study it so that you can know more about God's will, so that you can act on it. The first condition to answered prayer is you have an honest relationship with God, and we talked about the three different things that would help you with that, and hopefully you're writing down copious notes. I see some of you were not. That's okay. You can come back and watch this again. Get popcorn next time. Number two, you must have a forgiving attitudes toward other people. You have to have a forgiving attitudes toward other people. If you want God to hear you, God to answer your prayer, you have to have forgiving attitudes toward other people. Mark chapter 11, verses 24 to 25. Therefore, I tell, I, I tell to you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Number one thing that's related to prayer is forgiveness. It's amazing, isn't it? For at odds with somebody else that it affects the prayer chain between us and God. Lord's Prayer. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I like the other one. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You're saying, God, I want you to forgive me as much as I forgive everybody else around me. Now, is that the kind of prayer you want to pray? That's a tough kind of prayer to pray, isn't it? Especially if we're at odds with a number of people or some of the people that we love the most. God, you forgive me as much as I forgive everybody else. Why is this important? Because bitterness and resentment will block prayer. They block prayer. Did you know that the Bible says that disharmony in the home blocks answers to prayer? How you treat your spouse 
influences your prayer life. How you treat your kids and how you treat your parents and your grandparents. Those relationships affect your prayer life. In the Bible, it lists the qualifications that a, that a pastor must have in their life in order to be a pastor and the qualifications for a deacon. And one of the qualifications of being a leader in the church or a pastor is that they have to have a happy, peaceful home life. Why is that? And sometimes so difficult to attain. Because if you're at tension at home, the prayers of those leaders of the church will be ineffective according to the scriptures. There's something that happens when we're in disharmony. So how do you have answers to prayer? Five conditions. One, have an honest relationship with God. Two, have a forgiving attitude towards other people. The third thing is, is that you must be willing to share the results. You must be willing to share the results. This is the principle. What you sow, you reap. Give and it'll be given to you. It's this principle of generosity. The more you give out, the more God gives to you. I didn't say if you, give, if you give God a buck, he'll give you 10 bucks back. I didn't say that. But if he does something in your life, there's an expectation. We'll talk about that. If you, have, if you expect God to bless your life, you must be willing to bless other people's lives with the same benefits that God has given to you. It's not that he blesses you for yourself to hoard it. He blesses you to be generous, to give away. To give away. And if we ignore, ignore those who are obvious difficulty around us, what right do we have to expect God to bail us out? We continue to have blinders on about a world that is needy. Why is it that God should bless us? In 1 John chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands. He'll, he'll do that for us for us. What are his commands? The next verse. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ. Love one another as he's commanded us. One of the ways that we keep his commands is by loving other people. To love other people. That's what we're called to do church. When we leave here that's what we're to be. And if that's not a part of our DNA then we need to just stay a little longer this morning and just pray, Father, help me to love one another. Help me to be at harmony at home. Help me to be honest with God. He says one of the ways we keep his commands is by loving other people. Verse, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? We are this conduit. We are this channel. I would not presume to ask God to bless my business or my work if I was not willing to at least give some of that back. I'm not talking about a tithe or put a little bit of offering on the plate. I'm talking about being generous, opening up what it is that God's calling us to. You may say, well, I don't have a lot of money. Well, that's okay. Say, you know, I ask God for good health. What are you going to do with the good health that he gives to you after you've got it? Are you going to spend all of the effort and energy on yourself, or are you going to be willing to help other people? One of the conditions for answered prayer is to be willing to help those that are less fortunate, those that are around us everywhere. 
If you will pray the prayer, Lord, bring to me someone that needs to know more about you today or that needs to be further along in their, in their life with you. If, you. if you pray that prayer, God answers that prayer. God answers that prayer. Fourth thing, you must believe that God will answer. If you want God to answer your prayer, you must believe that he's going to answer that prayer. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. He said, if you need wisdom, go ahead and ask God. He's going to give it to you. He's not going to complain. You don't have to convince him. You don't have to conjole him. You just, Lord, give me wisdom. Verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. You, you need to expect that God will answer. God answers the prayer of the faith. The prayer of faith, given in faith. Mark chapter 9, verse 29 says, According to your faith, it will be done to you. What are you expecting for God to do in your life? Faith is this. I believe God will do it. That's faith. Not believing that God can do it. Not believing God might do it. But believing that God will do it. That is faith. Anybody say amen to that this morning? Good, you're still awake. Beautiful. Be honest with God. Answers to prayer. Be honest with God. No unforgiveness. Number three, be willing to share the result. Number four, believe that God will answer. And number five, bring it at home. We're coming down the home plate. Not with five bases. The fifth condition for answer to prayer is you must pray in Jesus' name. You must pray in Jesus' name. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, New King James Version. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever I do, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John chapter 16, verse 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. What in the world does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Basically, I don't have any right to come to the Father except by the merit of the Son Jesus Christ. That is, whom, that is the basis of which I come. I humbly come because Jesus, his son, has said this is what happens when you come in my name. When we come in Jesus' name. The Bible says that there's one mediator, one bridge between God and, the, God and man. Jesus said it like this, I am the way and no one comes to the Father except through me. And when I come to God and I pray in Jesus' name, I'm saying, God, I realize that I don't have any reason to come before you except for what Jesus has done and by Jesus' name and by him saying that this is what I should do. So some would say, is it always necessary for us to, to pray in Jesus' name, to use those words at the end of every prayer? I'm not sure. I think the attitude of it should be that you're, you're coming in Jesus' name to bring this petition before him. But we're to pray to the Heavenly Father through the Son. So this morning as we wrap up and review, are there any one of these five things that you've overlooked as you've been thinking about answered prayer? Any five things in your life?
Anybody holding a grudge this morning? Maybe two. Maybe you've been nursing resentment and you've allowed bitterness to, to build up in your life. And you've wondered why it is that you're not getting through to God. But it's almost like there's a film over or there's static in the line because there's this thing that's going on in you that makes this connection between you and God very challenging. Maybe you've been refusing to admit some wrong in your life. You've known that it was there, but you didn't want to go to God and say, you know what, you're right. What I've done is wrong, and I admit it to you this morning. Maybe you've never done that, but just in the quietness, just in a few moments, you'll be able to do that in your seat, bring that before God. So we say to God, I I admit it, that I was wrong, that I shouldn't have lost my temper. Maybe you've prayed, but you've never really expected God to answer. Oh, you knew that he could, but you never expected that he would. Maybe you've been unwilling to share God's blessing with other people. God poured out his blessing on your life, and you can see it through your family. But you've hoarded it. You've kept it for yourself. God says, when I bless you like this, it is to be used so that others may know of me too. Maybe you've been unwilling to share God's blessing with other people. Maybe you've hesitated to give back a percentage of all the things that he's blessed you with. Perhaps it is that you haven't been abiding in him, like reading his word. You know, as we get started into a new year, now is the time for you to really dig in and start into a a program, to start in to read and have others come alongside you and help you with that. Small groups are great places to do that. So I encourage you to take a look at our website and see the things that are there. You need to get involved in a Bible study. To pray in Jesus' name. This isn't about you. It's not about me. It's not about me as much as there are times when I feel like I can just rush in to the Father and just lay it out before him just like my grandkids, our grandkids do now before us. They run and they jump and they just do all kinds of crazy things. There are times when I come before the Father and that's sometimes the way that I do that. But I recognize that there's some decorum about that that I come because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for me. I guess one of the most important questions that we have to answer for ourselves is is that do you have an honest relationship with God? I'm not talking about church membership. I'm not talking about religious. I'm talking about a relationship. God wants us. God wants you to know him personally. And that's why he sent Christ to the earth, so we could know what Christ is like. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Just going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. As we come together to pray. Just in the quietness of where you are, it may be, and as you're joining us from home, wherever you're viewing this and then today or the next few days, I want, you, I want you to encourage your, your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I, I would encourage you to follow me in this prayer. And some it'll be more meaningful than others. Maybe you've never been certain about your relationship to God. You can settle it this morning by saying, I, I want to know God personally. 
you want to know today that you're a Christian. You, you want to know that Christ is in your life. You've wondered about it. You, you never really settled it. You can never really point to a time. I would just encourage you to say something like this. The, the words aren't as important as the attitude. God, I realize I have a need for you in my life. And I admit that I've tried to go my own way or live my life without your input. And I ask you to forgive me for that. I believe that you will forgive me. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, help me to believe in you. I want to believe in you. I want you to be the manager of my life. I, I, I want to be the kind of person you want me to be. As much as I know how, I ask you to come into my life. If you prayed that kind of a prayer, that really is the kickoff point of the Christian life. It's an initial commitment. You don't have to understand it all. It's simply saying, God, I want you. I want to know you. I want you to be on my side. I want Christ in my life. Just with our heads bowed and our eyes closed before we pray one other prayer. Would there be anyone here this morning who say, you know what, Pastor? Just when you prayed that prayer, that was really my prayer. Never really prayed anything like that before, but that's, been, that's my prayer. I, I want Jesus in my life. I've never done that before. Would there be anyone here this morning who say, Pastor, that's me. That was my prayer. I prayed that prayer this morning to receive Christ into my life. Anybody here this morning? Yes. See that hand. Others of you are saying, I know I'm a Christian, I'm in a relationship with God, but I've not been meeting one another some of these conditions, and now I understand why. I haven't had the results of my prayer life because there have been these things that have come between us. And, and today I want to recommit my life to having a, a life of forgiveness, having a life of generosity, being willing to share, even being willing to give back to God a percentage of what God has given me. And I, I want to believe by faith. Lord, I thank you for your word. And it's so practical and relevant to our lives. And it helps us. Thank you that prayer is no big mystery, but it's simply communicating with you. Father, this morning, I just pray that you would help all individuals that are here today in their varying degrees of being close to you or not and receiving answers to prayer or not. And, and in the, this opportunity this morning, we have come to know again afresh and anew some of the things that becomes a barrier between us and you. And help us to remove those. We just need to know that we can draw near to you. Thank you for who you are, Father. Thank you that you know when we're wrong. And we, we, I pray, Father, you would help us as we commit ourselves to you in the days ahead. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? with it.
Every strong 
invite you to take a moment to pray on your own and actually do exactly that. Speak the name of Jesus over people in your family, over your friends. Just quietly on your own, but let's just take a few moments in the name of Jesus to pray for those that came to mind as you sang the song. just for a moment. Just as we conclude this morning, Father, I just uh, I lift up my brothers and sisters that are here today and some who, who've, been tr- who've been trying for a number of years to know how to pray for whatever reason, just kind of feel like they never get it right. I just pray, Father, this morning that they'd be encouraged, that they would go away with something this morning that would touch their heart as they go out into the world that they could Go knowing that you go before them. So I just lift them up this morning and pray that they would feel honored today, that they would just take that next step, whatever it is. And Father, as we go, may you be glorified in all that we do and say, and may we raise up the banner of Jesus today. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen.